Hello and welcome to Contact Chai. Today's episode of Shabbat Replay is from our virtual Shabbat service on Friday, May 19th, when Rabbi Stephen delivered a pre-Shavuot sermon. Mishkan invites you to celebrate Shavuot and Rabbi Tina's last service this Friday, May 26th. Join us in North Center Town Square at 6.30 p.m. or come a little early at 5.30 for a pizza picnic, complete with an ice cream truck and games. There's a link in the show notes. Now, take it away, Rabbi. So this Shabbat, we start reading from the book of Bamidbar, the book of Numbers, and it opens one month after the construction of the Mishkan, um, this portable sanctuary and community center that the Israelites have built, uh, when God's presence comes to dwell among them. And it also starts several weeks before the Israelites will depart from the foot of Mount Sinai to journey toward the promised land. So as they prepare to set out, God asks for a census to be taken first by designating a representative from each tribe, then by counting every male in that tribe old enough to bear arms. And in doing so, uh, both the size of each tribe and who belongs to each tribe is established. And both number and lineage are key for the Israelites' next task, which is to organize their camp. So they can dismantle and rebuild it in a a somewhat orderly fashion uh, along their journey toward the land of Israel. And in the very middle, um, as this plan is given, in the very middle is the Mishkan. And then immediately surrounding it are the Levites, who are responsible for the care and the maintenance of the sacred center of the camp, as well as the families of Moses and Aaron, the two leaders um, of the Israelites at this moment. To the east are the tribes of Judah and Issachar and Zebulun. To the south, Ruvain, Shimon, and Gad. To the west, Ephraim, Menashe, and Benjamin. And to the north, Dan, Asher, and Naphtali. And each tribe, they're under their banner, each tribe with their particular place and purpose, their particular way of doing things, their sense of identity, their sense of kinship in their corner of the camp. And so like most Israelites, I imagine that many of us uh, live in a corner of the proverbial camp with people who look like us and think like us, who speak like us, who act like us, who eat like us, who love like us, who pray like us, who vote like us. And while most of us know that what we see around us is only part of the bigger picture, we are rarely confronted in real time with this fact. So some of you might have read either on our social media or our latest newsletter that Rabbi Lizzie and I were invited to attend an interfaith breakfast celebrating the inauguration of Chicago's new mayor, Brandon Johnson. And I knew, I knew that I would be one of only a few Jews in the room. And I knew that I'd only be one of a few queer people in the room. And I knew that most likely I was going to be one of maybe like two queer Jews in the room. But walking into that space, and seeing all of the faces that were there, probably 200, 300 people in that space, mostly black and mostly Christian and mostly straight, I was really startled by how different my corner of Chicago is from other corners of the same city. So, of course, immediately following this event, I went on Wikipedia. And even though I see mostly white and mostly queer and mostly Jewish faces where I live and where I work, Did you know that Chicago is only 31% white? 31%. 
Our city is a plurality, um, which is becoming increasingly common in kind of major urban centers in the United States. We're a plurality where 30% and 29% of folks who live here identify as Latinx or Black, respectively. So it's basically 30, 30, 30. And while we as Jews in the city of Chicago are the second largest religious group, the 261,000 of us who live within the borders of the city only represent 3% of the population, whereas Christians account for 70% of the population in Chicago, pretty much evenly split between Catholicism and Protestantism. And I was really surprised because, I mean, I'm a rabbi, so I get it. I know I mostly exist in Jewish spaces, but I mostly exist in Jewish spaces. I know a lot of Jews. I'm surrounded by a lot of Jewish people, and I'm surrounded by a lot of queer people and a lot of white people, and this is not in any way, shape, or form majorities in any sense of the word in this city. So at his inauguration a few days after this interfaith breakfast, Johnson carefully chose speakers that represented this incredible diversity, this plurality. And yes, the Jewish community was present in a, in a really beautiful blessing offered by Rabbi Shoshana at Temple Shalom just down the street. But we were one, just one, of many voices on that stage, Black and Latinx and Asian and Indigenous American. And our city is experiencing a shift right now. Corners of our encampment, if you will, that were once relegated to the margins are claiming their place in the center. Different banners are being raised than the ones that were raised before, perhaps some we have never seen before because of a history of disinvestment or disenfranchisement. And this can be really startling because the narrative that we know, the story told in our corner by people similar to us, is being challenged. What we thought was true about our city, and I think more broadly the world, its successes and its failures and its growing edges is being transformed, if not changed entirely, as more voices join the conversation. And on one hand, this is a very good thing. And on the other hand, this can be incredibly hard, incredibly hard, because it also challenges our sense of person, our sense of place, and our sense of purpose. It is, in a way a moment of revelation. So this coming Thursday, as the sun sets, we begin the holiday of Shavuot. On this day, we celebrate revelation, the revelation that the Israelites experienced at the foot of Mount Sinai, a moment that also challenged and transformed their sense of person and place and purpose, turning them into a community whose identity and values have endured across millennia to this very moment to the people who are tuning in right now. The Torah is clear that every single person standing at that mountain experienced this transformative moment, every single person, regardless of their background, their gender, their ability, their age. And in this way, Revelation was the great equalizer, but not equal in the sense that each Israelite saw and heard the same thing. The rabbis teach that each person experienced revelation in a way that was particular to who they were. Separately, every Israelite could only tell part of the story. Only together could they offer a complete narrative. The lesson that I believe is embedded in this particular telling is the need to listen to and learn from one another. This can be challenging because sometimes we are very attached to the narrow view that we experienced. We know it. 
It's comfortable. It's ours. It's our memory of that moment. It's what we saw from our vantage point. It's so familiar to us, but it is also only part of the story. To understand something bigger than ourselves, we need to reach outside of ourselves. Shavuot, the holiday of Shavuot, asks us to embody a posture of humility, to understand that we don't know everything, and that's okay. This is why we exist in community, to share our unique pieces of the puzzle to make a more complete picture. So one of the practices of Shavuot is to stay up all night learning. And you can actually do just that if you join us at Anshamit Synagogue on Thursday. We do this to make up for the fact, as the story goes, that on the day we were supposed to experience Revelation at Mount Sinai, we slept in. And one might reasonably surmise that the Israelites were tired. I mean, we had just escaped slavery after all, right? The entire Passover story has just happened to them with the plagues and the splitting of the sea and the being chased by soldiers, right? No wonder they slept in. But I also wonder if they slept in because they were also scared or unsure or a little avoidant of what was about to happen. How much easier it was to sleep and have their entire world reshaped as a particular people in a particular place with a particular purpose via their particular relationship with God. How often in the face of being shown a new way of seeing do adults say, no, I'm saying adults here because I, I feel like the, the kind of beginner's mind of the child is very open uh, to experiencing new things. But how often in the face of being shown a new way of seeing things do adults say, no, I'm going to look the other way. I'm going to close my eyes to different reality. And I get it. I get it. It's not entirely our fault. Social media and the bias of our news sources and how search algorithms bring us to certain pages and not others help us subconsciously create echo chambers that affirm our narrative of the world. We live in corners of this global encampment that confirm, constantly confirm what we believe to be true as true. And I know that we all know that this is the case. I believe that most people are aware of the fact that we mostly live in echo chambers of our own creation um, with the aid of social media and news sources and our neighbors and where we live, etc. And Shavuot specifically is a moment of breaching the wall of those echo chambers, of wandering outside our corner of the encampment to remind us that we don't have the whole picture. And this is not an easy task at all. We like being in our comfort zone. I like being in my comfort zone. And it's okay to be there sometimes, right? You shouldn't always be in a place of discomfort. But rarely is our comfort zone a place where we learn. Mount Sinai was in the wilderness, far away from everything familiar and comfortable to the Israelites. Revelation was not found in the backyards of our ancestors' homes in Egypt. To step into a new understanding of themselves in the world they had to step out of and away from what they knew best and open themselves to the possibility of not knowing. 
And so as we prepare to celebrate the memory of revelation from our mythic past, and as we prepare to celebrate the possibility of revelation that exists in this present moment, I want us to begin with ourselves. I want us to ask us a few questions. Where have I willfully closed my eyes to information that challenges what I understand to be true? Where have I turned my ears from voices that tell a different story from my own? Why do I do that? How can I practice being more curious about the parts of this world, this country, this city that are outside my corner? However comfortable and familiar my corner may be and however hard and difficult and unfamiliar and scary those other corners might also be. How can I be better at not knowing? Yeshavut comes to teach us, and I truly believe that it is only in not knowing that we come to know more about the world, about each other, and about ourselves. Shabbat Replay is a production of Mishkan Chicago. Our theme music was composed and performed by Kalman Strauss. You can always see where and when our next service will be on our calendar. There's a link in the show notes. And if you appreciated the program, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I know you've heard it before, but it really does help. On behalf of Team Mishkan, thank you for listening.